Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you for your giving. Let me just say real quick, welcome once again to Bethesda Church. Are you guys excited to be here today? Man, I'm excited that you are here, excited about what God is speaking to us um, for this new year. I love the new year because it's a great time to pause, um, reset a little bit. Uh, Oh, I need to let the middle school people go, don't I? I didn't, I saw that. Thank y'all for flashing it. Like, I really got that. Uh, Middle school, you may be dismissed at this time. Um, As we uh, dive into the Word today, um, I want to preach, but I also want to cast a little vision for um, 2023 and what we believe God wants to do this year. I'm going to give you some content, cast a little vision, but I'm also going to be speaking to you prophetically today about some of the things that we believe God wants to do in 2023. Um, And so I hope you got your Bible, a notepad, an iPad, something to write with. Uh, It's going to challenge us, but it's going to be good as we move forward uh, talking about breaking the box. Hit your neighbor and tell them, break the box. Come on, tell somebody else, break the box. All right, going to have a lot of fun with this as we break the box Um, Because our life, our family, our ministry, our health, our careers, a lot of times even our spiritual journey all over time can eventually begin to feel limiting uh, as if we're, we're boxed in. And some of the words that I would throw out for break the box this morning would be limiting, constrained, boredom. When you're boxed in, you get bored with the way life is going, unfulfilled, stuck, small, passionless, visionless, disoriented, and and it often leads to cycles of frustration, cycles of dysfunction. And your world is confined by the box that you've been living in. And the telltale sign that you're living inside of a box that you need to break out of is that you consistently wish for different results, but you keep experiencing the same results. You feel stuck. You feel like you've lost your spark. And for many of you this past year, even though God has been tremendously faithful, how many are thankful that God brought you through another year? Anybody thankful that he saw you through it? It wasn't perfect, it didn't go exactly the way you had planned it, but how many of God showed himself faithful and got you through another year? And so we celebrate that, but for many of you, as I was preparing for this, uh, many of you, you would describe this past year um, feeling like you would describe it as you felt stuck, limited, constrained, and boxed in almost like living inside of a box. And the crazy thing about living inside of that box is that the longer you stay there, it can seem and feel like the walls are continuously closing in on you 
and you don't feel like you can break the box. And, and when you stay there long enough, you can end up becoming the victim of your own story. You talk to people sometimes, you, and it's like five years ago they had something happen, and, and everything is just so bad and so terrible, and they get to the end, and it's like because this happened, and it was like five years ago, and it's been a, nothing but a cycle of frustration for them since that moment. How do you know if you're living inside of that box? You complain a lot. If you want to know if you're living inside the box, just ask your spouse. They probably know already because you complain a lot. You make excuses a lot. You're, you're, you're frustrated and depressed a lot of the time. You say things like, I guess this is our new normal. I wish my circumstances were different. You have this under-the-surface type of frustration when you've been living inside of that box. The enemy, Satan himself, loves to catch you and I living in the box, feeling sorry for ourselves, and being frustrated with life. He loves keeping us in a cycle of despair, a cycle of hopelessness, where we feel as if our life will never really move forward again. But I want to announce to Bethesda Church on January the 8th, 2023, that this is our, going to be our beyond measure year. This is the year that we break the box. I need you to catch it prophetically today. This is your beyond measure year. This is the year that you are going to break the box of frustration, the box of sickness, the box of bondage, the box of limitation, and you're going to step into everything God has for you in 2023. How many received that by faith today? You receive it by faith? So I'm going to talk to you this morning. Uh, you're like, what's the title today? Well, break the box, but today's message is a new playbook. A new playbook. Every sports team is familiar with a playbook. As a matter of fact, when you come into training camp in the NBA or the NFL, the first thing they give you is the playbook. And it is your responsibility to get familiar with the playbook and to learn it, to study it, because the overall success of the team is dependent on how well you know the playbook. That the success of the team is paramount to their understanding of the playbook that they received in training camp. And as we came in to 2023 and the weeks leading up, I was preparing for this year. I felt like the Lord was telling me very specifically uh, and he confirmed it. How many know that every word from God will be confirmed by the mouth of two or three witnesses? Um, it was confirmed that God wanted to give me a new playbook. And that's, that's difficult for a leader because a leader wants to provide stability. You know, we want to be able to give you, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is the calendar. Uh, make it all nice and neat, and I, I'm praying, and I, I, I'm hearing God say, I'm going to give you a new playbook, or you need a new playbook. I'm on the phone with someone that I respect uh, a great deal, and he said, it sounds like God wants you to, to get a new playbook, and then I had a third conversation with someone, and I've told nobody this, it sounds like God's wanting to give you a new playbook. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening. You, you're, I, I get it. I'm uncomfortable but I get it. I understand that you're wanting to give us a new playbook for 2023. And when I say playbook and replacing it, I, for all the religious people and heresy hunters out there, um, 
I'm not talking about the Bible. We're not replacing the Bible. Uh, it is the foundation. Everything we're going to do is going to be the Bible. When I speak of the playbook, I'm talking about the method, the, the, the systems that we use, and the, the why we do what we do, and how we do church, and why we set events the way we do, why we uh, go after God the way we do. That's what I'm talking about. The Bible, how many are thankful that heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will stand forever? We're, we're not replacing the Bible, all right? We're going to stand on the Bible. But the playbook um, is going to look a little different this year at Bethesda Church because we've been running basically, basically the same playbook since 2012. God gave us that playbook, and we're thankful. That playbook got us to this point. Anybody thankful for that playbook, right? It worked. It was God-breathed. It was God-inspired. It was the Holy Spirit wanted us to do those things. So we celebrate that. So with a new playbook, we're not saying the old one's bad. We're just saying that its season has come and, and gone. And so now we're saying, God, speak to us. God, show us what you want this year. What are you wanting us to focus on? And with that being said, he said, I'm going to give you a new playbook which means there's going to be new plays, new routes, new dates on the calendar, different things this year. Joshua chapter number 3, starting in verse number 2. It says, After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions... And follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. If you're familiar with this passage of Scripture, you know that this is the moment that the children of Israel are finally about to break out of the box. They have been stuck in wilderness living for about 40 years, but this is the moment that they're about to break out of the box break out of the desert, break out of just surviving, and step into everything God has for them. They're preparing to come out of the mundane and into the promise of God, and they're about to realize what it looks like to live outside of the box. And I believe that the Lord would want us to know that he's given us a new playbook in 2023, and we need to familiarize ourselves with it because we have not been this way before. We haven't been this way before. Notice in the scripture, God says, I want you to move out from your position, from what you've gotten used to, what you've gotten comfortable with, where you've been stationed. I want you to move out from your position, and I want you to follow the Ark of the Covenant. And if you know anything about the Ark of the Covenant in the New Testament, uh, looking back at the Old, the Ark of the Covenant is symbolic of the presence of God. It, it's symbolic of, of God's presence with His people. And so the Ark of the Covenant is not only symbolic of God's presence, but God is saying, I want you to move out from where you are, from your position, and I want you to follow my presence. I want you to follow my presence. This year, this next season, listen to me. I told our staff in, the, in our meeting earlier this week that our goal right now, listen to me. I, I'm not trying to make this deep. I'm not trying to make it 
you know, complex. My goal as a leader and a pastor in 2023 is simple. Find out what God is doing and go do that. Not ask him to bless what I'm doing, but I want to find out what God is doing in this season, and I want to find myself doing what God is doing, because how many know if we'll do what God is already doing, we'll experience a blessing that we've never experienced before, just by doing what he's doing. And so with that, this year, this next season, it's going to require a lot more out of you. And before you think I'm talking to your neighbor, I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor real quick, he's talking to you. All right? So everybody gets some, somebody, somebody needs to tell you this word's for you. This year is going to require more out of you. It's going to require more out of me. Um, where God is taking us is going to require more than you just coming in and holding that chair down so beautifully. I mean, you are doing a marvelous job at holding it down because it hasn't moved. Um, you're, you're doing great. This year's going to require a lot more out of you. You need to know the Holy Spirit is requiring this house to step it up. And it's going to put a demand on me. It's going to put a demand on you to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That God is requiring something of us in this season that, that it's no longer hold this chair down and check the religious box that I went to church. But it's requiring more of you and I. It's requiring that we break the box that we've been living in and we stop offering God stuff that cost us nothing. Some of us, we can't even tell, the, tell anybody the last time we made a true, a true sacrifice. Everything we do is con, out of convenience. Our level of giving, we're comfortable. Our level of serving, we're comfortable. Our level of worship, we're comfortable. When is the last time what you did for God cost you something? Because what God is doing in 2023 is going to cost us something. It's going to require us to do something. This is a break-the-box kind of year. Mark chapter 14, starting in verse number 3. And I'm talking to all the people online right now. Go ahead in the chats and type, break the box. Just because you're not in the room, you're not getting out of this. This is for you. Mark chapter 14. It says, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard, very precious. She broke the box and poured it on his head, and there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given uh, to the poor, and they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone, why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. 
Notice that the woman did not want to live another day carrying this box. She knew that it was an expensive box, probably one year's salary, one year's wage, and she knew that it was going to cost her to break the box. She knew she would be criticized. She knew that people would murmur against her and misunderstand her. Uh, but she was willing to break the box anyway. She was willing to offer Jesus something that was going to cost her something. And even to the point of risking reputation and why would you do all that? Listen, where we're going this year, religious people are going to say about us this year, well, it don't take all that. It's not necessary to worship like that. It's not necessary to give like that. It's not necessary to pray like that. It's not necessary to drive demons out like that. It's not necessary to heal the sick like that. But we got to be comfortable being uncomfortable because what God is requiring of the, us this year is going to cost us something. And I just need to ask some people today, how many more years are you going to do just enough to get by? How many more years? are you going to play it safe? How many more years are you going to risk nothing? But when, when are we going to arrive at a place where we say, I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of dancing around with God. I'm tired of dancing with Jesus. I'm tired of playing the game of dating Jesus. I'll, I'll come and, and hang out with you when it's convenient, but I'm ready to become the bride of Christ, the bride of Jesus, where I surrender who I am for who he is. I need somebody to give God praise in faith right now because some of you, you're just nervous about this season. Come on, hit somebody and say, don't be nervous. I, I hear the Lord saying he's given us a new playbook, and that playbook is going to require that we break the box of religion, that we break the box of going through the motions. We break the box of giving him some of our life. And we give him everything. Some will say you're too radical. Some will not understand your praise. Some will not understand your motives. A lot of people will say it doesn't take all that. But if you're going to break out of the box and step out of your frustration, you're going to have to quit doing just enough to get by. And you're going to have to offer God something that costs you something. As a matter of fact, what God is about to do in this church, it's going to make everyone a little bit uncomfortable, including me. But how many know it's okay to be uncomfortable? It's okay to not understand. Some of what God is going to do in 2023, you're going to scratch your head and say, I don't understand. But th some things cannot be explained. They have to be experienced. And if you're analytical in mind like I am, I'm very analytical. I, I want to find out why something works or how it works. But we get caught up sometimes so much into the how that, we, that we're missing. It's not really the how that matters. It's that it's being done. That God is doing what he said he would do. And so I believe that the Lord has given us three things he has spoken to us about specifically for 2023. And I want to I give these to you um, from a place of being your pastor. If I am your pastor and you call Bethesda Church home, this is your place, your, your church, I'm your pastor, then I need you to hear 
these three things through that lens. That God wants this for me, okay? How many will do that this morning? Okay? Number one, the first thing that we feel God is doing in 2023, three things he's spoken to us about with this new playbook, and it started in 2022, is healing. Everybody say healing. And when I talk about healing, guys, I am talking about emotional healing, spiritual healing, but I am also talking about physical healing. Um, so much so that, that we, we believe so much in this in 2022 that we brought a worldwide ministry in for four days to train our people on how to pray for people. We spent four days doing that. And, and listen, I want to say, bringing them in, the warfare that we went through just to get them here and what happened leading up to May of last year, I don't, I, I don't think anyone would have judged us had we canceled it if they knew the whole story. We plowed ahead. We had the conference. We brought them in in May of last year. And I'm, I am excited to say they are already booked May 18th through the 21st to be back this year, 2023, already on the books. But from May of last year through December of last year, I, I'm, listen to me, I witnessed and saw and heard more healings in this church than I had seen in the 20 years of ministry leading up to last year. I didn't go a week last year where I didn't get some kind of testimony of another person being healed. And, and I'm, I'm so bold about this, and I, I know that God has told us. But, and part of what you've got to understand, for years it's been prophesied. Bethesda is going to be a place where people drive from far away to come and be healed. And Bethesda is going to be a place where people can come and be healed. And Bethesda is going to be a place. I got to where I was sick of the prophecies. Like, I didn't want another one. Like, don't give me another prophecy about what Bethesda is supposed to be until we start seeing a little bit of what Bethesda is supposed to be. I don't need a library of prophecies. I need a library of promises fulfilled. And I, I'm, I'm happy to announce to you today that we are starting to see people be healed like it's been prophesied. And, and I'm going to go out on a limb, but I don't care because the fruit is out on the limb. But if you've been healed either spiritually or emotionally or physically in your physical body since May of last year, you've experienced or you know someone that has been healed since May of 2022, I'm going to encourage you right now real quick just to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Bethesda Church, look at all of these testimonies right here. Come on, give Jesus a praise for what he has done. Come on, you can do better than that. That's a patty cake. Give Jesus a praise. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. That just goes to show you that we're beginning to scratch the surface of what God wants to do. He wants to bring healing to another level. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. How many still believe that by his stripes we are healed? We are healed. So healing is one of the things that God is doing in 2023. He wants us to break the box of sickness so that we can see the sick healed. 
And I believe with all of my heart, and we've already seen some of these things happen, deaf ears have been unstopped at this church. I believe blind eyes are going to be open in the name of Jesus. I believe that the cancer is going to leave in the name of Jesus. I, listen, we brought this ministry team in, and I didn't know exactly how it was going to. I thought, you know, well, maybe it's just going to challenge our theology. It really didn't challenge my theology at all because it's so Bible-based. Like, how can you argue, how can you argue Scripture? When it, I mean, when it's, I mean, what, do you, what do people do with the Bible? Do they rip pages out and throw it away? I mean, how, how do you argue Scripture? So it didn't change our theology, but what, it, what I saw it change was the way we minister to people. And I'm not just talking about me. I listen sometimes to the way our prayer team prays for people. And it's not one of these, Lord, if it be your will, would you please touch sister so-and-so? God, we would just be so excited if you would meet us here today no they're over there like I command your body I mean they I mean they are speaking to the body they are commanding healing they are ministering and it's not just something I've got to do or PK's got to do I am seeing the body of believers rise up understand it's not an individual anointing but a corporate anointing on the house that if we're going to be a church that heals the sick and raises the dead it can't just be a handful of people it's got to be a corporate body of people rising up in power if you believe that give Jesus a hand right there come on go ahead that by faith we're stepping into healing on another level I gotta hurry now number two is where it's gonna get interesting but number two is deliverance deliverance um, and I'm, I'm just gonna be I'm gonna slow down on purpose and I, I recognize after the nine o'clock service that I'm gonna have to do a lot more preaching on this a lot more teaching and preaching on it because I can't say everything I need to say in a 10-minute point. So I'm going to lay it out there today and help us to get comfortable with this, but this is the one that's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable, and people are very uncomfortable when it comes to deliverance, specifically the casting out or the driving out of demons. And I, was, I would go as far to say that most of the American church has never experienced seeing a demon being driven out. And I'll take it a step further. Most American church pastors have never driven a demon out. I, I'm so thankful that one of the first things God had me do when I said yes to the call to preach was cast devils out. Some of y'all are like, oh, Lord. Is this, is this where we're going to church? You're looking at your spouse now. Is this where we're going to church? Yeah, this is where you're going. And you're going to see the devil being cast out of people. Um, and the reason I have to bring attention to it is because we have... Man, I, I sound older and older all the time. I sound like my pastor growing up. But we got so many educated fools that think everything is appeal, everything is counseling, everything is therapy. And here's the problem. 
If you've been to the counseling and taken the pill and you've came to church and you've been, went to prayer group and you've done all the things and you still depressed, filled with anxiety and battle suicidal thoughts and can't get free from addiction, I'm telling you, it's not a pill. It's not another class you need. The devil has to be driven out of your life. And some of us... The, way, the reason it makes us nervous is because we, we want to talk about possession all the time. You know, and we want to throw up, well, a, a Christian just can't, you know, be battling a demon. The devil is a liar. A Christian can be battling a demon. And I know that messes with some of our theology. But when you got saved, your spirit got saved. Your body and your soul did not get saved. They are being saved. Your body will be saved. But demons can come in through the things that we do through our flesh and begin to impact our emotions, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And you say, well, I just can't believe that a demon can be messing with a Christian. I'm telling you, if you don't take your rightful place in God and take authority and take power like Caleb said a little bit ago over the things going on in your life you can give the demon an access point to your life and he will torment you whether you come to church or don't come to church he'll torment you and I'm saying God is raising up a church that is not afraid to cast the devil out to get to the root of the issue to drive demons out to expel demons out we can't counsel the devil out we got to cast him out. Somebody give him praise right there. Come on, my faith, give him some praise. We're going to drive the devil out. In Mark 16 and 17, it says, These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. Casting out devils is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. There are gifts of the Spirit. That's just not a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a command to every believer. That in my name, if you're saved, you ought to be able to cast the devil out. Now, some of you, because the only experience you have with expelling demons and is them crazy Hollywood movies you've watched. Because some of you just, as I began talking about this, your mind went to some head spinning around completely backward. And looking at you. And by the way, turn that garbage off. You don't have any idea what you're inviting into your house. Watching. There's a spirit behind all that. I mean, if you're going to look at devils or study demons, get your Bible open. Jesus casted them out all the time. You don't need to watch some Hollywood production. You don't, some of y'all don't understand what you've invited into your house through those movies. My brother pastors down in the southern part of the state, and he told me the story of this family one time, and they were just struggling. They were hearing noises in their house all the time. They were tormented all the time. They never had any peace. And they were coming to church, going to small group, praying, filled with the Holy, like they had all the stuff like in order. It's like, why in the world are, do they have no peace? They hear noises all night long. They're constantly in anxiety. And, and, and they could not figure it out. And finally, he went to their house. They began to pray and anoint everything and trying to find out why are they struggling. These people love God. 
And it come to find out it had came in through those demonic movies that they had been watching. I forget the name of them, but it, years ago there was like one, two, three parts of this certain demonic movie, and they had been watching that garbage. And it had came in, and now they were living and being dominated with fear and anxiety and depression, all kinds of crazy thoughts, because they had opened up an access point. But whether you've opened it up or not, I'm just telling you, God's raising up a church that's going to drive it out of your life. But what we got to understand is this third part that comes along with casting the devils out. Again, deliverance is, is, let me read this verse to you in Matthew chapter 10, 7 and 8. It says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So we don't want to do this in word only. But it is our desire to demonstrate this. We feel God has called us to step not only into the ministry of healing, which we've gotten our feet wet there, but he's wanting us to step into the ministry of deliverance. And so one of the ways that we are, because I said God gives new plays in the new playbook. He gives new routes in the playbook. He gives new dates in the playbook. And I'm excited to announce to you that we're moving away from first Wednesday terminology. We're no longer going to call it First Wednesday. We're actually going to call it Freedom Nights. I need somebody by faith to get on board with Freedom Nights. And they're not even going to take place on the first Wednesday of the month. And they're not even going to take place on all Wednesdays. We're going to schedule about 9 or 10 for 2023. We've already scheduled about 9 or 10 for 2023. Some of them are on Wednesdays. But a lot of them are going to be on Friday nights because I'm so tired of parents saying, i got to tuck my little kids in. I can't come on first Wednesday. they got to be in the bed. Well, we're going to have some on Friday night so all you jokers can sleep in on Saturday, and we're going to find out if you want to be free or not. Our first one is scheduled for February the 10th. That's a Friday night at 7 o'clock. It's a freedom night. We're going to believe for the atmosphere to be electric with the presence of God, a spirit of revival in the house where people can be filled with the Holy Spirit, healed of their, their ailments, and if they have a demon, we're going to cast them out. Come on, somebody. Let's give God praise. If you're believing, we're going to step in. I'm being a little more bold here at 11. But I, I, I need us to grab it. I need us to grab it. I don't need you to say, I don't know if we can go back. Because they're going to heal sick and I don't want to be there. Because if they cast out a devil, it's going to jump on me. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. We're ignorant. Me casting out a devil. I remember growing up in a church. And they were casting a devil out of this lady. And they came in, and these are the, I mean, they had enough power to cast the devil out, but not enough sense not to produce fear in everyone. They said, if you've got anything at all in your heart, the devil will jump out of them, and the devil will jump on you, and now you're going to have it. That's not how it works. I just need you to know. And so I can remember as a kid running out of the sanctuary. Bless God, I am not getting no demon tonight, you know? If they, <laughs> how many can I relate to what I'm saying? Like, I really thought it will get on me. 
that it's going to get on me. But that's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. We can drive the devil out and not be fearful it's going to jump on somebody else. Because when we drive them out, we command and tell them where to go. That's the whole point. We're going to tell them to go to hell, go to the abyss. We're going to tell them where they're going to go. Come on, somebody say break the box. All right, I'm going to move on. Some of you are like, I've had enough of, of that one. Healing, deliverance, number three, discipleship. And let me say, it's just as much in order to be discipled as it is to be healed and delivered. I don't want our church to get over in love with deliverance at, at, at the expense of discipleship. I don't want us to fall over in love with healing at the expense of discipleship. Because listen, the Bible says very clearly, when a demon is, is driven out of a person, it says that if, if the house or the temple is swept clean and in order, if they don't fill it with the right things, the demon comes back and the state of that person is seven times worse than it was before. So it's not enough to get delivered if you don't get discipled. Because if you don't get discipled, what happens? You end up opening the door back to the same spirit that was driven out. So discipleship's very, very important. And we believe that discipleship takes place in the context of relationships. But we also believe that there is a time for us to sit down and take some notes and learn more about Jesus and fall more in love with him. And, and we've got to do that. So we're going to do that through small groups. We're going to do that through compass class. But we're also going to do that through different series we have lined up throughout the year where we're very intentional to take you deeper in your walk with Jesus. How many want to go deeper in their walk with Jesus? So we're going to be intentional. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, it says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. And I, you need to know it is your responsibility to be disciplined in your walk with God. It is not my responsibility. It is your responsibility to, to take your discipleship journey seriously. That is your responsibility. And so what, what does that look like? It means open up your Bible and read it. Read your Bible. Get into the Word every single day. And it's not about the quantity, it's more about the quality. I would rather you learn and memorize one verse a day then I would you spend 20 minutes in the, in the Scripture and you don't remember anything you, you took in. So get back in the Bible. Develop a prayer life. What would happen if you actually took time to pray? How would it change your day? How would it change your Mary? How would it change your children? Leonard Ravenhill says that no man is greater than his prayer life. He says the pastor who is not praying, is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. He goes on to say that the church is poverty-stricken when it comes to prayer. He says, we have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players and payers, but few prayers. Many singers, few clingers. Lots of pastors, few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. 
much fashion, little passion. Many interferers, few intercessors. Many riders, but few fighters. Failing here, we fail everywhere. The Bible, prayer. These are parts of being a disciple. A man, a woman is no greater than their prayer life. So we got to get back to Bible, to the Bible, to prayer. We got to get back to service to God, back to true worship in spirit and truth, back to giving, back to prioritizing our relationship with Jesus. Because at the end of the day, I don't want a church full of converts. I want a church full of disciples. This year, we're going to continue our efforts to make discipleship available to you through small groups, but also through Compass Class. Our next Compass Class actually starts today. Some of you haven't signed up for that, and maybe today is the day you, you decide, I need to just stay after service and get involved. I need to take the next eight weeks to focus on my spiritual growth. As the worship team comes back, I'm going to wind this message down by saying, I believe it's time for us to move beyond just being a believer. And let's be disciples. You say, well, what's the difference between a believer and a disciple? I'm so glad you asked. A believer retreats to safety. A disciple embraces suffering. A believer comes to church. A disciple is the church. A believer cheers from the sidelines. A disciple is in the game. A believer reads the word. A disciple lives the word. A believer is all about believing in Jesus. A disciple is all about being like Jesus. A believer is comfort-driven. A disciple is purpose-driven. A believer talks. A disciple raises disciples and leads by example. Disciples establish discipline. And one mark that separates disciples from believers is their self-denial. It's a decision to die to oneself, to pick up their cross, to follow Jesus. As God spoke to Joshua, he said, When you see my presence, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, I want you to get out of your position. I want you to break the box, come out of what you've been doing, and I want you to go this way. I want you to go in a way that you've never been before. I believe that the Lord would say to Bethesda Church in this season, and I can say this with confidence, I believe God would say, I am doing a new thing. And now it springs forth. And I think God would encourage us to break our box and to follow Him. And to trust Him because we've not been this way before. I see spiritually, I can see this place full from wall to wall with every single hand in the building lifted and simultaneously sick bodies being healed and those that are oppressed by the devil being liberated and set free. I see revival type atmospheres where people drive a great distance just to be in the presence of God in this place. How many want to break the box in 2023? How many want to see a move of the Holy Spirit in 2023? I want you to stand to your feet all over the room. Father, we just thank you right now that you have given us a new playbook. And God, just like the lady with the alabaster box who was willing to risk everything 
who was willing to risk everything, to be criticized, to be talked about. She was willing to break the box. God, I've just prayed today in this service that you would give some people the courage they need to break the box. Holy Spirit, you're speaking to people in this room. You're challenging them in this season not to stay in the same place, but to truly break the box and become everything you've called them to be. But this year be marked by healing, deliverance, and discipleship. We thank you for what you're speaking to us, for what you're doing in us. I want to speak to those as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, that are in this room. And the way you need to break the box today is through salvation. You need to be saved. You need Jesus to save you, to forgive you. You need to repent of your sins. If that is you today, in-house, if that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, that's me. I need Jesus to thank you for this hand and this hand. God bless you guys. This hand, I see that. I see these two in the middle. God bless you. Five hands right there. Anyone else? You say, that? that is me. That is me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Anyone else? I want us to pray with these five hands that just went up, and I want us to pray out loud where we can hear it with our own ears. Our compass leaders are going to give you some information and put a book in your hand. But as we pray together, let's pray loud where we can hear it. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a Savior. I can't save myself, so I ask you, Jesus, to save me, to forgive me. I repent for all my sins, and I choose to follow you. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate. Come on, five people just gave their life to Christ. That's good news. If you made that decision, if you don't mind, just lift your hand real quick again. They're, they're going to put some information. There's one over here, a couple over here. If you guys can do that real quick to our compass leaders that are coming by, just let them know. There's a couple right here in the middle. Alex, thank you. Thank you so much. We, we're doing this because we want to make sure we help you with your next step. Okay? Well, this is not to embarrass you. This is to help you. I promise you. We're not the church that wants to embarrass anyone, but we do want to be the church that does everything in our power to help you take your next step. And if we don't know who you are or who got saved, we can't help you. I'm going to ask the prayer team and the staff to go ahead and get in place. We're getting ready to open up these altars. But I, today's altar call needs to look a little different. It needs to feel, you can't preach a message like this and us respond to it in the same old ho-hum way. Guys, I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you. I am sick and tired of cute church. I mean, I, I, I've, I'm at nauseam with people that are afraid if I respond, if I raise my hands, if I speak in tongues, if I fall out in the spirit. Like, who cares? Break the box. Break the box. And so this altar call today, I think, is to everyone. And the challenge is to everyone that if you would say, I'm, I'm going to break the box, I'm all in. 
God, we believe you want to heal. We believe you want to deliver. We believe you want to disciple. And we don't want there to be any limitations at all. If that is you, I'm going to count to three. If you say yes to that, whether you come to a prayer person or you just come to the altar to spend time with God, I want us to respond to this word. One, two, three. If you want to break the box, come on, let's meet in the altar together. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.